theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Uh, one of the things that, that a lot of people are missing right now over the last couple months now of isolation and pandemic, one of the things that people like me are missing a lot are sports. And, uh, you know, that that's difficult. One of the first things that went, you know, are Raptors. I don't know if there's any Raptors fans watching right now. If you're a Raptors fan, just drop into the comments right now, we the North, because listen, we were having a great season. We didn't even have Kawhi anymore. And yet, even without Kawhi Leonard, we were we were work, winning games and we were headed for the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, this pandemic hits and we don't have any more basketball. And then my Blue Jays, I'm a Blue Jays fan. Any Jays fans out there? I don't I don't know what to tell you to put in the comments, but listen, we, we had hope. They were talking about Vladdy and Bo and, and all these new players and how exciting the season was going to be. And they were at training camp and then that was taken from us. And to all the Leafs fans, well, this may have been a gift from above. But anyway, I don't want to offend the least fans right now. But listen, you may be saying, I cannot believe who is this preacher that Pastor Akil has brought in? Who is this guy? Is this really a preacher who's coming in and talking about sports in church? Well, listen, I think I'm okay to talk about sports in church for a little bit because I'm pretty sure the Apostle Paul was a sports fan. In fact, a number of times, in the Word of God, he actually likens the Christian life to various sports of his time. Let, let me give you a couple of those scriptures. Second Timothy 2, 5, for example. There he says, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, he talked about fighting the good fight. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 8, 26, he talked about a fighter. He says, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, not just, he, he's not just wasting his time. He's in the fight to win. He's talking about these different sports as an analogy of the Christian life. But probably the analogy that he used the most, and it was probably his most poignant and most often used analogy was to liken the Christian life to a race. He likened it to a race. In fact, to Timothy, we read it. He declared, uh, at one point, he, he declared, I have finished my course. In Hebrews chapter 12, now, we don't know if the Apostle Paul is the writer of the book of Hebrews. There's a lot of discussion as to who the writer of the book of Hebrews is. There's evidence that it very likely could have been the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews says this, Therefore, we also, Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And then, of course, there's the scripture that we read at the beginning of this talk here today. Let me now read it from a different version, though, a little more modern vernacular, the New Living Translation. It's Philippians 
3.13. And, and just listen to it. Maybe it'll, in this modern version, it will incite a little thought in your life. Listen to it in the New Living Translation. Paul writes in Philippians 3.13, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You see, for the Apostle Paul and for every believer, the focus of the race, and Paul pointed out that the Spirit wants you to know this, and it is that at the end of the race, the focus of the race is that there is a prize at the end of the race. And what the Scriptures are telling us and what the Apostle Paul is telling us is that this prize is worth running for. This prize is worth living for. In fact, whenever the scriptures talk about the race, it's connected with words like endurance. It's connected with things like heart and patience and endure. And this race is not a casual walk. This is not a lackadaisical walk through the park, a meaningless stroll. No, it's not a walk on easy street or lazy lane. But Paul is telling us that it's not always going to be easy in the race, but it's going to take some stamina to live for the prize, for the prize. He's telling us in this word of God to give your very best in this life to claim the prize, to give everything you've got to claim this prize. Don't give up are the types of messages associated with the race. Don't quit, don't falter, don't fail. Because there is a prize that is worth enduring for. And what will keep you through this life, as difficult as this life may be, what will keep you through this life is to keep your eyes on that prize. Let me, let me look at another scripture here. Second Timothy 4, 7. Listen to it. Here Paul said, I have fought a good fight. He's coming to the end of his life and he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He says, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. But look at this. This is important. This is why we're talking about the prize. Because the apostle said, and not only to me, but also to all of those who have loved his appearing. There is a prize that is given to those who successfully complete this race of life. But I have learned something that is confirmed in Scripture, that it is a passion for the prize that is a sign of the depth of our spiritual state. A passion for the prize is an indicator of where we are at spiritually. It is a desire to claim the prize of the heavenly reward that speaks to how real this whole religious Christian, this walk, how real this spiritual experience is 
for you. I read a book, it's called 10 Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health. It's a very short read, maybe you want to pick it up. It's by Donald Whitney, and it's a great book, 10 Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health. And in that book, he made a statement that that struck me. It stood out on the page, and and one of the questions was about loving heaven and and, and yearning for heaven. But, But this is what he said. He said, mature Christians are growing and they are groaning. Mature Christians are growing and they are groaning. Now, now I read that statement and, and I thought to myself, dear Lord, I, I don't need any groaning Christians in the church. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. All the pastors can know what I'm talking about. Pastor Akio, we don't need any groaning Christians in the church. So I had to read on because I don't need any groaning Christians in the church. I thought that was funny because, you know, we have just started at the Pentecostals of Quinty where, where I pastor. We were doing, you know, outdoor services for a little while now. And uh, and we were just trying to find a way to have church. And, and we did a survey after our first service, you know, to find out how to make it better. And some of those surveys came back and, and I read one and I was laughing because I read one survey and it said there was too much singing. We needed less singing. And then if the next survey didn't say this, there we need more singing. There wasn't enough singing. I, I, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. That, that's, that's sometimes Christians get to groaning about church, you know. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about our personal preferences. But I did find in the word of God that there is a groaning that mature Christians have. Let me show you the scripture here. It's in 2 Corinthians 5, 1. It says this, Paul writes again, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And look at what he says, for for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. This is not the only place he uses this type of language. It's in Romans 8.22 also. He says, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we who also have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. There is within a mature Christian, there is within every spirit-filled believer a desire for the prize. Listen to me. Some of you know what I'm talking about because every battle with cancer that your family has gone through, it makes you desire the body without sickness that is promised in the word of God. There's somebody out there, every tear that you have shed because of a broken heart or a messed up relationship, it makes you groan for a time when God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Every attack on your character and every attack from people who who thought you, you thought they should care about you, but yet they turned on you and they attacked your character and they they attacked your, your you, they attacked you personally. It makes you groan for a place where there is no more pain and there is no more sin and there is no more hurt. In fact, the longer that you deal with the difficulties of this life, growing Christians also grow within them a longing to be with Jesus. Part of the growing brings a groaning after the the prize, 
that Jesus has prepared for us. You say, but pastor, I enjoy life. You say, I I enjoy life. uh, What's wrong with me? Because I actually enjoy my life. That's okay, because this is not an either or. Sometimes I think we believe it's either or. You know, this longing in your spirit for heaven, this longing in your spirit for the prize. It's not either you choose either to love life here or to love life in the eternal. That's not what this is about. In fact, at one point, Paul himself says he's torn. He doesn't know what to do. He, he's got mixed emotions because, listen, I'll, I'll just read it from Philippians 1.23. He says, I am torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be better for me. But for your sakes, he says, it is better that I continue to live. You see, Paul, he loved his friends. He loved his church family. He loved the church. He loved what God was doing. But there was still, even in his love for this life, there was a desire for the prize. There was a desire for the heavenly reward. I'm here to tell you, you can love life and still long for what God is preparing for us. You can love your life and love life here on earth and still have a desire for the better place that our Lord is preparing for us and for more of him. And I'm here to tell you, if you can get your eye on the prize, it will keep you running in the race. I I, got to tell you, you say, uh, how do you understand that? How, how did Paul have this, this desire for the prize the way he did? Listen, it is the Holy Spirit that reveals the prize. That is so important. If you're, this is why people who don't know Jesus, people who, who have not been touched by the Holy Spirit, they don't understand why we long for this prize. They don't understand why we desire this prize because the prize is revealed by the Holy Spirit. Let, let, let me let me read this to you in 1 Corinthians 2 9. Why was Paul so passionate? Because the Spirit had revealed the prize to him. He said, However, it is written, 1 Corinthians 2 9, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us. By his spirit, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Let me explain to you how the spirit reveals this to you. It is through the Holy Spirit that the prize and the beauty and the wonder and the awesomeness of the prize is revealed. For those of you that can remember a time when we used to have church together, and you can experience this in your home, but while you're worshiping the Lord, and while the the worship team may be singing and leading us in songs, and you get lost in worship, your hands raised, you're lost in worship, singing those songs unto God. Maybe you can remember, or you've experienced it, where it seems like while you're worshiping him, that the Lord literally lifts off your shoulders the burdens and the cares and the things you were worried about. In that moment, when you are in his presence, I believe that is as close to heaven as we can get here on earth. When the spirit of the Lord has consumed you and it is literally like you have forgotten the weight of your cares, the weight of your worries, it is like the spirit literally lifts them off your shoulders. Do you know what that is? That's the spirit revealing 
the prize to you. A time where there'll be no more hurt, where there'll be no more pain. Listen, my friends, if you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you. Make a note in the chat. Fill out the the information form. Contact Pastor Akil or Pastor Sarah and find out. Get some more information on them about how to have a spirit-filled and a spirit-led life. Because the spirit, it reveals the prize. But the spirit, it reveals the prize but it also renews our longing for the prize. It renews our desire for the prize. In Acts chapter three, right after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon God's people and the birthday and the beginning of the church, in Acts 3.19, Peter, he, he, he talks about times of refreshing. They are times when the Spirit of the Lord renews something in us, where it restores something in us. I'm talking about prayer times where God, he imparts that that longing, that groaning for the prize in you again. Prayer where you are connected with God. Listen, you can't rush that. That can't happen against the clock. That doesn't happen just in a quick. This is where you, you linger and you enjoy just being in the spirit and in the presence of the Lord. And when you do, it renews a longing for the prize in your life. The spirit reveals the prize. The spirit renews our longing for the prize, but the spirit also reminds us to keep running the race. Keep running the race. I I wanna tell somebody today to keep running the race. Through the Holy Spirit, I want somebody to know, keep running it the best that you can. Keep giving it your very best. Keep getting closer to God and getting rid of the weights and the stuff in your life, the, the weights of sin. Keep, keep doing better. Keep getting faster. Keep getting stronger. Keep growing and keep getting better. Keep getting up when you fall and just start running again. Keep living right because you've got to keep your eye on the prize. And if you can keep your eye on this heavenly prize, your mind on the prize, listen to me. The silly things that happen here on earth will not bother you if you can get your mind and your eye on the prize that the Lord is preparing for us. You won't get distracted. The disappointments of this life won't destroy you if you can keep your eye on the prize of what our Lord is preparing for you. The silly things won't disrupt your run because you've got a heart and a desire to claim the prize that our Lord is preparing for you. Amen. Amen. We need a renewal. We need a revival. We need a refreshing of the spirit in our lives to renew us, to claim the prize that the Lord has prepared for us. I read a story about uh, Shun Fujimoto. He's a legend in Japan. And in, in the 1976, that's the year I was born, in the 1976 Summer Olympics, uh, Fujimoto competed in the team gymnastic competition for Japan. In a quest for the gold medal, though, something happened. And he suffered a broken right knee on a floor exercise. But he refused to let the injury stop him. And because of this, he's become a legend in Japan. He wouldn't let that injury stop him. And so for the next week, he competed in his strongest event, the rings. His routine was excellent. And he astounded everyone by squarely dismounting from the rings in a triple somersault twist and landed perfectly on a broken right knee. When asked how he accomplished such a feat, 
when asked how he did it, he said this. He said, yes, the pain shot through me like a knife. It brought tears to my eyes. But now I have a gold medal and the pain is gone. Oh, my friends, there are times when this life is going to hurt you. There are times where you will literally limp through life because you are in such pain. There are times where circumstances and difficulties and people will have bruised you to such and life's disappointments will have hurt you to where you're literally staggering and limping. But I've come to tell somebody, don't stop running. Don't stop the race. Get up and give it the best that you can because the moment that our feet touch those paved streets of gold, those gold paved streets, the moment you claim the prize, I promise you that no pain, no suffering, nothing you experienced in this world will matter compared to the wonder, the beauty, the glory, and the existence that our Lord is preparing for us. Keep running the race. Don't give up. Don't quit. Listen to me. This is why we need the renewing. Because listen, we got to get back in the race. I, I believe the Lord wants to tell somebody right now, hey, get back in the race. Maybe over these last few months and, and not being able to have the, the, the church services like we would normally have. And maybe over the last few months, some of the darkness that's gone on in our world over the last few months and some of the difficulties in the last few months. Maybe you know what? It, 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 maybe you've stumbled a little bit. Maybe you've fallen behind a little bit in your run. I'm here to tell you. It's time to get back in the race with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Now's not the time to stop running. It's the time for the spirit to renew us with a time of refreshing. Pick up the disciplines. Get back in prayer. Get back in the word of God. It makes you run better in the race. Get back into the things that matter. Because if the rapture were to take place today, and I don't know when or uh, listen, if it were to happen, though, when you make it there, when you claim the prize, that moment that you receive the prize, it will make the run worth it all. Any pain, any sacrifice won't matter. I know you may be hurting watching this. I know life may have even tired you out. It's been a rough, long few months. It's been a difficult and dark time. But I believe in, the, in your home right now. Wherever you're watching, maybe you're in your office, maybe you're in your living room, maybe you're in your kitchen, maybe you're watching on a computer or on the screen in your living room. I do know this, that the Holy Spirit can give you the refreshing and the restoration and the renewing that you need right now. We all need a time of refreshing. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.